Director's cuts. Are they worth anything or should we just get one single theatrical cut? And that's it. We're going to be talking about that tonight. Also extended editions, special editions, all kinds of different editions here on movie chatter. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here with us tonight. I'm Eric. I'm joined tonight by Lou and Robin. Lou, how you doing tonight? I am doing great. Awesome. I'm looking forward to this discussion. I think it's going to be a, a wonderful discussion tonight. Okay. Robin, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I stayed up for you guys. You stayed up? This is good. I did. I stayed up. Way past your bedtime. It's like 6 o'clock p.m. and you're still awake. That's amazing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's much later. What time is it? Oh, it's a quarter after nine. It's oh, still a little early. I mean, come on, it's single digits, Robin. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I know you're tired. You can't be that tired, though. No, no. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, we are going to be discussing various different cuts, not cuts of meat, but cuts of movies. And uh, we are going to give some examples of our, our favorite movies that fall into uh, these different categories and um, maybe giving a little bit of analysis and stuff. This is, kind of came about by the recent news that HBO Max is going to be releasing the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And of course, the Internet erupted because people have been fighting for this for a long time. And uh, we've been kind of rolling our eyes at them. And, and calling them kind of entitled and, and such, I will admit it. Um, but and they got what they wanted. And, and Lou just up and left. Yeah. Boy, you really upset Lou. Lou, Lou is up. Oh, there we go. He's back. <laughs> oh, there he is. He kind of teleports in and out. You know, it's, it's very high tech yeah. over there on that Star Destroyer he's got. It happens. It happens, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know the beaming people back and forth? That's a Star Trek thing, not Star Wars. Wrong franchise, Lou. Sorry. Oh, and the 1930s microphone, too. Look at that. Sorry. Perfect. That's okay. That's okay. We forgive you. So anyway, Zack Snyder Cut is finally coming out, and there's been a lot of debate because apparently it's four hours long, and uh, there's some massive, massive uh, story differences. So for the context of what we're going to be talking about, here's how we're going to define things. Uh, because there are various times you get different cuts of movies. So if there is a movie that has alternate endings and things like that, deleted scenes that you see on the DVD, that's not really what we're talking about within the scope of this conversation. Okay. Cause there's still one cut of the film. There's just some alternate endings. We talked about this back when we were discussing get out, right? Get out had a, yep. an alternate ending on the DVD that kind of provided an entirely different social commentary, but that's not what, Jordan Peele decided to go with and we got his director's cut. Like we got what he wanted the film finally to be in the end. Yeah. Not talking about that. Um, we're going to be talking about director's cut where the studio decides to release one movie, but it's different from the director's vision. And there's something substantially different about the release, not about the length necessarily. It's not just about putting extra stuff in. It's other things as far as different, versions of scenes, things that change the story or change characters, 
Um, there are some examples of things that have um, narration over top of the movie versus it being removed, things like that, things that substantially change the experience. We've got extended cuts. I don't know how much there is really to talk about that. Things like Lord of the Rings, where there's just a bunch mm. of extra content that's probably too long to sit through in a movie theater. But if you're at home, you can pause the DVD to go to the bathroom and come back. You can sit and watch for three or four hours. What else do we have? Um, special editions. I mean, Star Wars, Lucas kind of did his own director's cut thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's another name for director's cut, really, when you come right down to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the like aliens had a uh, special edition version too, which was really a director's cut stuff. He added back in. Yeah. And then finally we have um, just different flavors. For example, um, Mad Max Fury road and Logan both had black and white cuts available. That's right. Really getting into that because I don't know. I mean, we could talk about it a little bit, but I think really what we're going to focus on discussing tonight is the situation where the studio releases a film because it's what they think is going to work best as a business opportunity versus the director's creative vision being expressed in whatever the director's cut is. Mm-hmm. So Robin, do you have any movies that stand out to you or, or maybe that are favorites where we got one thing in the theater and then at some point down the road, whether on DVD release right away, or maybe years and years in some cases down the road, we get a different cut. That's more what the director wanted. Anything, any favorites of yours? Well, they're not favorites, but I mean, and I know we're going to discuss this um, probably next week, but I just rewatched, um, the professional. So I watched ah. the director's cut of the professional and, and that's, it's honestly, that's, that's sort of reverse for me. I actually liked the theater version better than I liked the director's cut. And so sometimes that happens too. Um, you know, right. when the director's vision is like, really like, Oh, ew. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, so sometimes, um, so it's not just a, uh, better or worse than it can, you know, a director's cut can absolutely be, um, either a real yawner or, um, something that changes the plot that makes you just kind of mm-hmm. wince a little bit. Interesting. So you actually prefer the theatrical <laughs> cut of that. I did. I did. Um, I, I think mm. if the Natalie Portman character hadn't been portrayed as 12 years old, I might have enjoyed it a little better. Okay. Well, we are definitely going to talk about that next week. So sneak peek mm. next week, we are going to be discussing the professional AKA Leon and mm. feel free to watch whichever version you want to watch and, and come into this discussion for that. Um, I will say that one movie that comes to mind where I saw the theatrical cut and then we had uh, we we're just having a hangout with some friends over to watch a movie and trying to figure out what to watch. And they decided they wanted to watch this. And I think we actually ran out to the store and picked up the DVD and we got the director's cut. And it was way, way worse than the theatrical cut was Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, yeah. I don't think mm. I ever saw that. Mm. He uh, had the, the Riddick character had these. Visions throughout the movie 
or something. And it just, they made no sense. Like him mm. talking to another character in these visions. It, it was just, they butchered an already mediocre movie mm. <laughs> and, and just, Oh, it was so bad. Um, so the theatrical cut in that case was actually better. And I think there was one other, I don't remember. Um, whether it was 1408 maybe, or I am legend. No, I am legend. I think I like the director's cut better. Maybe it was 1408, but yeah, there are some times where I think the studio makes the right decision and mm -hmm. director's cut. Isn't really all that great. Sure. But Lou, what about you? Is there anything that stands out to you as like when people talk about differences between theatrical mm -hmm. cuts and director's cuts that like, that's your go-to example. I think my go-to example is probably um, T2. Mm. Yeah, um, Terminator 2. I think, yeah, Terminator 2. There's a couple of scenes they put in there that I think it didn't extend the cut by that much. It was maybe like 15 minutes longer, and I thought the additions they put in explained some things that weren't really explained well in the film. Yeah. Um, you know, the theatrical release, that, you know, th there was always a question of how you know, when did the Terminator start to learn things and do things and so forth? And there was a whole sequence where, um, you know, he had to prove he was making a decision for himself and, and that's why. And, and then there was a whole thing sequence at the end too, where, um, the T-1000 had developed some glitches and they really didn't explain that of how easy it was to kill at the end, but the glitches that they showed throughout the movie, kind of let, oh, that's why he was easier to kill. Right. Mm. You know, after he was frozen and blown apart, he, you know, cause it was, I think there was a sequence where he grabbed like a handrail that was like wrapped in that yellow tape and his arm turned into the same yellow tape and right. his feet, his feet turned into the decking or something like that when he was walking along. And it, that led you to believe that, okay, there's something really wrong with him now. And that's why he was easier to kill. So uh, sometimes I think those kind of things make it, you know, small, subtle changes that, oh, okay, it plays better in your head. You, you can understand why things took place the way they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's those subtleties that filmmakers put in that are pieces of a bigger picture. And I think people underestimate sometimes how those little things can really add up and, and change things or sure. fail to explain things. Or, or illuminate them. Um, yeah. I was, um, I've watched kingdom of heaven, um, for example, you know, a bunch of times now. And I, and I, I, I think that, director's version. I mean, as, as I was reading up about it, I remembered the director's version then ex sometimes explains things. So, you know, the, the director has backstories in his head, right. And, um, wants to get them in the movie. And then, then, you know, sometimes to cut for time, those types of backstories get taken out. And so right. when, the director's com comes out, you know, it's sort of like, Oh, I get it. You know, it, it sort of fixes yeah. some stuff in there for you. Yeah. And a lot of times um, it's not just plot points that they explain and, and make more sense, but it's character moments too. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even in T2, you've got uh, Sarah Connor having the that dream sort of sequence with uh, what's his face. That Michael Bain is the actor. Bean. She's in the, she's in the, not the prison cell, the, um, mental ward. She's in her room right. and, and she has yeah, that, yeah. that vision where he kind of encourages her to keep going, keep fighting. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, 
Yeah, sometimes it just it adds a lot more to character development too. Um, and then sometimes you know the one that I always go to is Blade Runner. Mm. Um, Blade Runner had two very popular cuts, but it actually the box that you can get five. I think it's five different cuts. You've got the theatrical cut been a while since i've done this theatrical cut the director's cut there was an international cut there was the work print and then most recently there was i think for the 20th anniversary there was the final cut and if you go back to the the two most common are the theatrical and the director's cut and in the theatrical cut there's so much going on in the background of this movie. Uh, there's a three and a half hour documentary that comes with the DVD box set about the making of the film and just all of the, the difficulties and, and what a nightmare it was to even get the film made. And then all of the different writers that kept changing things in the studio and et cetera. Um, it didn't test well with audiences right. back then. And this is back in the early eighties today, the darker ending would have been just fine. I mean, it wouldn't even be really seen as mm-hmm. all that dark, but back then People didn't didn't connect with it. So they changed the ending and they also thought it was too difficult for people to understand. So they wanted a voiceover narration throughout the movie, kind of like a film noir sort of thing. And Harrison Ford said, I'm not doing it. And then they came back and said, yeah, you kind of have to because you're under contract. So he went in and recorded what he felt was a uselessly bad, very monotone, <laughs> dry voiceover for the film. And ironically, in doing that, it fit the character so well that it actually, it worked. Mm-hmm. But um, but that, as well as some other uh, scenes that kind of indicated whether, or the, the primary character was or was not a replicant. Um, there's some pretty big changes between those two cuts. So, and, and I think I like, I think I like the director's cut better, but so here's another thing too, with that movie, if I want to introduce it to somebody new, do I have them watch the theatrical cut, which is a little bit easier to understand. And you've got this inner monologue for the main character going throughout the movie that really Mm -hmm. fills in a lot of, the blanks of what's going on, or do you show them the director's cut, which is arguably the better film, but you really have to pay attention in what's otherwise a slow moving film anyway. And you really have to kind of figure out some of the world building premises on your own. Like, what Mm -hmm. do you do? So that's always been really tricky for me. True. Yeah. And then of course, like I said earlier, You've got the director who released his own cut and then remastered his own cut and then remastered the remastering (laughs) and then did a director's cut of the remaster and then has done two or three more editions of it since then. And that's George Lucas with the original Star Wars trilogy. But can we really call those director's cuts? I mean, if if you're picking something up and remastering it, what what I the remastering no. Yeah, because yeah, I think what was his intent was is to is to use the technology that he had available now that he didn't have then 
to make the movie better. You know, if we're sticking by sort of our pure definition of director's cuts, normally this is the director's initial vision of the movie. And well, then so for the THX, wrong. for the THX editions, no, because we're talking about they remastered the audio. They cleaned, cleaned up the film. They made it letterbox. Um, they fixed some of the rotoscoping with the lightsabers. No, mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. the special editions, you've introduced the scene with big stark lighter at the beginning of the movie. So that right. kind of explains how he and Luke are friends at the end of the movie. And it makes Biggs uh, sacrifice at the end of the movie, more meaningful to the main character. You've got some other deleted scenes on Tatooine with Luke. You've got the insertion, whether you like it or not is not the point. The insertion mm-hmm. of um, Jabba the Hutt and the situation Han Solo is in. Um, so there, there is a little bit extra as far as the characters and stuff. I would say that probably more so than Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, the New Hope release probably would count as a director's cut. Mm. In my opinion, because there's there's either added story or added character development. Or both. Yeah, not, but it was added after the fact. Uh no. Actually the the big Stark Lighter stuff was all filmed before. Oh, okay. And okay. they ran it through post production yeah. and fixed it. And the Han Solo thing had been filmed before and they just decided to instead of using the the human character because then they'd already done Jabba as a puppet. They overlaid him with CG. Right. But those scenes that weird thing for him walking over the tail. Yeah, and then he you know he redid that four or five times too. But that mm-hmm. then that goes back to more of a remastering and cleaning up thing. Mm-hmm. But no, those those scenes actually had already been filmed back in seventy seven, seventy six. Mm. So. Um, so just, I'm going to run through a list here. Some other notables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about T2. Was that James Cameron? Yes. Okay. So James Cameron also did, uh, did he do aliens? The second one? I believe that was Ridley him. Scott too, did yeah. the first one. Okay. So aliens also had a director's cut where they had some scenes from the, um, the compound at the beginning, not the compound, the colony. Colony, yeah. At the yep. beginning with the family, um, Newt's brother and parents and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and some other they scenes. Had, uh, yeah, they also had the, I think, colonists going out to find the crash ship, too, I think. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so nothing that really changed the movie, but some substantial stuff. Uh, yeah, more more context, I think. You know, in their respect. Yeah. Okay, now Joe in the chat room... Um, does point out that Boba Fett was new and the Dewback was new and a lot of this stuff on Tatooine was new. So, mm, yeah, so yeah, what yeah, Robin right. was saying, yeah, there were also additional stuff that was crafted just out of the blue for the film. So that, that's a good point. Um, so James Cameron also did the abyss and the abyss had a, a rather lengthy yeah, director's cut. I think wasn't it like another half hour of footage or something. Mm, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess James Cameron's got quite a, History of that. Wasn't there an extended version of Avatar as well? I don't know that I saw that though. Oh, I don't know. Avatar was so long to begin with. Come it was, on. yeah. But you know, I, I, does some of this play into the fact that, okay, you know, you got Cameron who's now making his own versions of all these movies. Um, 
is it because of who he is that they allowed this to happen? I mean, he's a pretty high powerful director in Hollywood, right? I think so. And also the things that we're talking about, with the exception of avatar, these directors cuts didn't come out like as soon as it hit home video, they were years later. Like nowadays yeah, you'll, right. you'll sometimes get like, as soon as it hits DVD, you'll get like the regular version and the director's cut. But this was, you know, the abyss and T2 and aliens. Those mm-hmm. were many, many years later. So, so the I abyss think this ran yeah. 145 minutes for the theatrical cut ran 171 minutes for the director's cut. Oh, okay. So not quite as long as I said, but still 20 something minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the abyss in ages. Um, we mentioned, uh, 1408. I am legend. There was, um, was that a director's cut or was that? That was a, that was a director's cut and it gives you a little bit more about, uh, a little bit. It, it, it makes a connection between the Will Smith character and, um, the, the, male alpha male monster for oh, right. a better word um character and it 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 actually has a nice twist right and yeah. so you know now it's the will smith character understanding that you know uh he he might be the monster in this new world well and that's the funny thing too is because the short story it's based on which is really good by the way mm-hmm. is the title of it, I am legend. That's the whole point is the main character discovers at the end. Wait a minute. I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really the bad guy, but like civilization has changed. And what is now the predominant culture sees me as a serial killer, basically. Yep. And that was never really presented in the theatrical cut at all. But in the director's cut, you have this moment of realization by Will Smith's character at the end. And to me, that was what the movie was supposed to have been. I mean, the very title of the film mm, yeah, right. is like, it's a bit of a plot twist. You don't get it until it's at the end of the movie. And then, Oh, and that's what the title means. Mm-hmm. The theatrical cut missed that completely. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I was, while you're doing, I was reading something here on the abyss and a couple of interesting comments on this website this is from the dissolve.com um talking about the special edition version of uh, the abyss says the uh, uh, what was he saying the special effects uh, so so originally they couldn't do the special effects to his satisfaction kind of like a george lucas thing with star wars right so yeah. um it says but it was something of the restoration as well cameron had the final cut on the abyss but didn't want to deliver an overly long film in 1992 uh, the documentary Under Pressure, Making of the Abyss, Heard says at the time any film over two hours and ten minutes was an enormous gamble. Yeah. Operating under the same logic, Cameron takes responsibility for the cuts made before the Abyss saw theaters. The handwriting was on the wall. We had to cut the picture down. It was, in short, a commercial decision, albeit one made by the filmmaker, not by the studio. Not long after the release of the Abyss, however, Dance with Wolves helped prove the modern audiences could sit that long in a theater. Um, Cameron had... Uh, sorry, camera, the subsequent camera feature had been longer uh, than the Abyss and Titanic clocking it more than three hours long. So, yeah, yeah as it, catheter it, technology it improved, they realized people <laughs> can sit in their seats longer after drinking all that movie soda. Right, right. 
So this so, was one where the theater, where the, the studio cut it down. He cut it, but then decided to make point. it longer and come back to it again, which is kind yeah. of in opposition to what I, another film I like the different versions of is Brazil, uh, Terry Gilliam. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, there's three versions out there. There's a short version really? called Love Conquers All, about an hour and a half long. Okay. Um, the theatrical cut release was hour 31 minutes, and the director's cut was an hour and 42 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the director's cut, oh, sorry, the theatrical release was made cuts without him, without his knowledge. It got into theaters, yeah. and he was like, what? Oh, that would <laughs> so that, really... So that really pissed him off. Yeah. And, um, he um, showed his his film to friends and critics, and I guess there was some backlash to the studio, and it got released again as his version too. So, and the director's cut of that is generally considered to be the better film. I believe so. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. I, I have the Criterion Collection on DVD, which has got all the all three versions on it. I should mm. watch them again, but okay, maybe yeah, I'll have to. It, it's check been a really out. long time since I've seen it Brazil, has. and, and yeah. I couldn't we even should... tell you which version I saw. We should do it sometime. We should do it on this, on this show okay. down the road. Yeah. Since Eric's ever seen it. I, no, I haven't. I'd be willing to do that. I, I Add it to the list. I, in researching for the show, I just have to bring this up. I also looked up um, director's cuts that made the film worse. And yeah. Eric, I, I, I have one for you, even though I've never seen the film. According uh-huh. to this particular website, Team America World Police. <laughs> <laughs> Director's no. cut. There's a director's cut. Apparently, was worse. Wait, wait, wait. Wow. How could this it make it worse? Say. Well, Lou, you know. saw the theatrical cut. I, I, I guess. Yeah, because the uh, the sex scene was. There's exploding bodies and yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it made the film worse. I just think no, that's I don't see how. I don't it think could, it made okay. the film worse. I think it made the film maybe more over the top, and I think people who already didn't like how over the top it was, Lou, maybe would not have appreciated additional over the topness. Okay. See, I just want you to know I do listen to you. Okay. <laughs> I would be curious to see what else is on that list. I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 15 directors cut that ruined the movie. Number 15 is Apocalypse Now. Uh, 14 is Bad Santa. Dawn of the Dead. Donnie Darko. No, Uh, no, no, no. We'll come back to that one. That's what they're saying. We'll come back to that one. We'll come back to that. Anchorman 2. Um, A Perfect Getaway. Didn't don't think I've seen that. Uh, the Warriors. I know I didn't see that. Team America: World Police, number eight. <laughs> E.T. Believe it or not. Well, well, but that was. Uh, I mean, he just made the one change, right? Like that's not. I I think that like by our definition, that wouldn't be a director's cut. Uh. The according to um, it's screenrant.com mm-hmm. Spielberg has since then expressed his regret mm-hmm. for his director's cut of the movie, which removed all of the guns in the film. Um, but they just, they CG'd out the guns different. and put radios and that's like all they did. Yeah. Like that was it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. But go on. Um, number six is Pearl Harbor. And since I don't like, Pearl, well, I kind of liked Pearl Harbor. Um, Michael Bay version for that. Okay. Michael Bay war documentary, meaning 
not at all close uh, to anything that actually, I mean, it happened at Pearl Harbor, yeah. so. Yeah, it's, it's a few minutes longer than the theatrical version um, with enhanced visuals and a few of the scenes are extended. They say, they say it's not a real payoff. Uh, the 40 year old version at number five. What? There was a director's cut of that. I was yeah. That's interesting. A lot of additional footage in the 2004 comedy. Um, Have I seen that? Yeah. Uh, number four is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And it's mostly uh, centered around Richard Dreyfus's character. Um, mm. So. And then um, Dumb and Dumber. Number two, director's Sin cut? City. Yep. And then, of course, number one, according to Screen Rant, is Star Wars. Sorry. Okay, I would argue, I know a lot of people didn't <laughs> like the special edition of Star Wars, and, and there were some things about it I thought worsened it, but I think there were some things that made it better, too. Um, what was this? Yeah, I agree with that. What was the second one you said? The second movie? Like the I one mentioned? prior to Star Wars? Number two? Oh, Sin City. Sin City. I disagree with that one as well. I think the director's cut helped. I mean, it would just, it made each of the segments longer. Their argument is whatever they made longer didn't advance the narrative of the film. So it's like, why bother? Because those of us who thought the film was fun, we got more fun. That's why bother. Okay. Screen rant. Just mm-hmm. And I like screen rant, but... Man, they, so out of all of those, I think I've seen six of those movies, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know Dumb and Dumber. Actors I didn't know those directors got for that, yeah. Uh, Donnie Darko, you've seen Donnie Darko, right, Lou? Yes. Okay, have yep. you seen both versions? I have. Okay, Robin, have you seen either version? I have not. Hmm. So do you agree with screen? I wonder if that's something we should put on our movie chatter list. Mm. Lou, what did you think of Donnie Darko? And and do you agree with screen rant? Um, I don't know. I thought both versions were good. I agree. You know, I I don't think one to me was any like better than the other one. As far as going, Oh my God, that was a miss mass improvement. Mm. Um, I liked them both. I thought, I think the director's cut, if you, if you like the movie, I think the director's cut helps. If you don't like the movie, you will feel like the director's cut makes things drag on because there's additional content, but it's slower paced content. And mm, okay, I can see that. so it doesn't help the pacing of the film. And if you have a movie that you're not into, pacing is... Pacing is huge. It makes yeah. the difference between, okay, I guess I will continue to suffer through it because I have to, or, oh my gosh, I'm going to go jump out of a window and make it end now. Mm-hmm. But if you're enjoying the movie, so the director's cut, I think it explained more about the concepts of what was going on. It explained about uh, the nature of water as a time travel construct. Um, the The little transitions where they fade into a page from the journal and then fade out again. The text Mm -hmm. on that actually gives you a little bit of context for what's actually going on 
because you don't really understand what actually is going on until much later in the film. And even then it's a little weird. And I think this helps you get it. Yeah. A little I can better. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like the director's cut for Donnie Darko. I think it was a, a big improvement. I think it, it fleshed out the concepts a lot better. We should have covered mm-hmm. Donnie Darko back when we did time travel stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Probably should have. Sometimes I really should stop talking. <laughs> no, it was, this is not <laughs> kidding. What people who don't like time travel movies don't like about time travel movies. Donnie Darko isn't really that type of, and, and it's more of a loop. Nice. Like the character, just right. a thing, not like a right, Groundhog right. Day. The the character just, something happens and the character just goes through a single loop and then the timeline continues. That's it. Mm. So I, th- I think we should add that. Sure. Yeah. So we've got Leon, Donnie Darko, and then what was the other one that we had just mentioned? Um, Brazil. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Adding those to the list. So, oh, and Superman 2, which I really don't want to discuss, but there were some big differences there, too. But what do you guys think of the controversy with um, the Zack Snyder cut? So we've got two different things going on here. One, well, before I get to that, Robin, have you seen Justice League? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I haven't. No, it's not really your thing that much. Not my, yeah, not my and that's, thing. Uh-huh. That's fair. Lou, I know you've seen it, right? I have, okay. yes. So we've got two different issues going on. One is the, the radical differences between the original version of the movie and what got released. And then number two, we've got this, this fan uprising phenomenon. And... We've talked a lot on the Star Wars uh, shows that we do, the Star Wars podcasts, mm-hmm. about this sense of entitlement that fans have, and I deserve this. You did not give me what I wanted and what I expected, and therefore, mm-hmm. you are wrong. You owe me. You owe me satisfaction. And now I'm going to go online and start a petition where you have to go and redo the entire movie. And or... Be fired from every other project you're on and never work in this town again. And there seems to be this this thing and it never works. It never gets anywhere because that's not how the movie industry works until last week. (laughs) And then the most prominent of all of these, it's the whole, like you said, Lou, and, and radically two different things, apples and oranges here. So don't think we're saying something we're not, but Lou, when this came up in a random chatter, you said, it's like the whole, we don't negotiate with terrorists thing. Yeah. Except yeah. Now we do. Yeah. And you just opened the floodgates. Yeah. yeah I, I, you're absolutely right. I'm not trying to, trying to equate this to terrorism. Absolutely not. It's not the same thing. Clearly. It's just the concept of giving in to somebody's demands. Once you do that once it's going to happen more and more. Right. Know, over and over again, right? Because, I mean, it, it, and when this first happened, I, I think it's different if the director came out and said, you know what, I'm unhappy with the movie that was released. I want to create my own version of it again, like it was my original thoughts were for before I, I walked away from the project or whatever. Sure. That's different than the fans, you know, begging and begging and begging and them saying, okay, let's give it to you. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd be okay with it if Zack Snyder came out a year ago and said, you know what? I'm unhappy with the way the film was released. I have my own thoughts of it. I'm going to spend my own money and make my version of this film. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like you said, okay, when they're now they're caving, you know, now I'm like, what else is going to happen? What other things are, are they going to cave in? Well, you saw you people know? that want Lucasfilm to go back and redo yeah, episode eight and saying, then yeah. also redo episode nine. And because now eight and nine need to be redone, let's just go back to seven and redo that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this really sets it, a precedent. It, you know, it, it, yeah, and my problem with that whole thing is, and, and we're getting off topic a little bit, but you know, we've talked about this on on Echo Base that they didn't have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I'm actually kind of you know, not that I'm going to say, hey, let's just scrap it and redo it, but you know what? If Disney came out and said, you know what, we are going to do that, I'd be okay with that, <laughs> kind of, because they didn't have a plan. They didn't have this is what we're going to do for these three stories. And we're no, they let's do this. And then you do that one. And then, Oh my God, how are we going to finish this? Yeah. I think fans (laughs) being upset with how things turned out is fair. I think the way that fans are Mm -hmm. handling those emotions are sometimes not totally appropriate, but I can definitely understand the feelings. Um, the difference here too, is the Zack Snyder cut. There was a different version of the film. The Star Wars films, those are people petitioning because they just didn't get what they wanted or expected and didn't like it. There's a difference between not liking a film and wanting something I like versus there being an alternate version of the film that was the director's true vision and let's get that made somehow. So I guess in hindsight, I have to maybe step back a little bit about what I said about the Snyder Cut. Because it is, Although it's it's Snyder. It's not the than, fan saying, give us what we want. It's the fan saying, right. give us what Snyder wanted. So well, it's not uh, much different than the fans saying, give us something based on the original treatments that Lucas had for Star Wars. the sequels. But there's know? some difference in the sense that this stuff was all filmed. Right, right. And it was just never put into post-production. Special effects. Lucasfilm never actually decided, Lucasfilm, who owns Star Wars, never actually decided to go with Lucas's uh, treatment. It was just as part of the the purchase of the Star Wars license and property, it included these. And this was a good starting point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's tricky, but... so, guys, I'm curious mm-hmm. why the Lord of the Rings, um, um, I, I consider them director's cuts, uh, but but why you sort of put those aside? Because right the away. reason that Peter Jackson cut that stuff out, it wasn't, it, it goes back to kind of what Lou was saying earlier about James Cameron. It was because it was unrealistic to have films that long in the theaters, even the theatrical versions we got were really long mm-hmm. and all yeah. of this extra content. If I recall correctly, Peter Jackson even said that he was expecting all along that those were probably going to hit DVD and not be in the theaters. But Peter yeah. Jackson released what Peter Jackson wanted for the theater and then also released what he wanted for home. So it wasn't the studios taking over. And it wasn't a different vision. It was just more of his vision, though, I guess. Yeah, and that I could be that, too. That could count, I guess. Yeah. And some of that was an economic decision as well, too. Not that people wouldn't sit in the theater for that length of a movie. 
it becomes you get to sell fewer tickets. Right. It's, it's a problem for the theater because they can't show it as many times. Right. There's longer run times and, you know, it throws off their whole schedule. So they couldn't they couldn't make their money on the film. Right. Right. And there wasn't any there weren't any changes. It was just all additional stuff. Right. But I mean, to be but fair, yeah, I guess it counts as a director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. Because what there's stuff that when it gets got put back in, it made it it filled the gaps. In in the story or deepened the character characterization yeah. um, of, of certain characters in the story. My, my son is an absolute purist and won't watch anything, but the, um, the, the I, I guess they're technically called extended editions, yeah. but um, it does keep showing up on all the lists of, of director's cuts as um you know, the director's cut making the movie much better. Okay. Yeah. It was never labeled a director's cut. I don't think, but yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's, I don't have, I nitpick about ET being a director's cut, but I would not nitpick about this being a director's cut. I mean, that that's fair. And and I'm the same way. I won't like, if I'm going to watch it now, I'm only going to watch the extended cut because why not watch all of it? The only reason not to in the theaters is again, Lou pointed out that, Mm -hmm. Like it was just never going to be feasible at the box office, but this different medium, then it, it would work. So I, I would never watch the theatrical cut. If I don't have time to finish it, I'll watch the first half of it and I'll come back and finish the second half, like on an, another day or something. Like why not watch yeah. all of it? Well, and then there's, there's in my research, there is actually one uh, noir uh, movie that came up on several different lists. It it was a, um, um, uh, Orson Welles, uh, noir. Okay. Um, and now I really want to go back and watch both versions. Um, it's called touch of evil. I have not seen it, but it hmm. seems right up my alley here. I've never even heard and of it. What's it the, about? Um, well, it's noir. So there's dames and kappas and, you know, ah, and accents, <laughs> I don't actually... whether done well or not, not you, but, but I mean, but, just like, some films they weren't. Well, he, here's the here's the controversy here, um, which is I think why it makes this list of of movies. Um, Universal hated it so much they basically chopped it all up, and um, and then sort of made it a B version, like just just basically said, you know, we're going to show this in like one or two places. Um, so at, it was after the fact. Um, after at Wells's death, where another editor found footage, f- found the footage and pieced the movie back together um, so that it remained consistent. And so now I'm like dying to find this on Noir Alley or, you know, okay. a streaming service near me. Interesting. Well, if you do, let us know how it is. I'm curious. Well, we might cover Noir someday on Movie Chatter. Okay. Just remember, we have to pick sure. things that we could recommend to our audience. Like when we do deep dives like sure. that, that are less mainstream, mm. we always try to pick things that we think our right. audience would appreciate and it would be worth them going out of their way to, to try out. So yeah, I, I would be okay with that. Oh, there's some, there's some great bogey noir. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, in the chat room, also, they were talking just real quick. They were talking about Superman two and, and the Donner mm. cut. Uh, um, 
And there were some good back and forths about the Donner cut of that. We actually discussed that on one of the early Caped Chronicle uh, episodes, uh, Mike Carey and I. So I should go back and check that out. By the way, quick plug. Um, oh, was that DC Talk or Caped Chronicles, Carrie, that just had their 100th episode? I guess it was DC Talk, wasn't it? Along with Guardians of the well, MCU. A, yeah, gar, uh, crossover episode. Yes. yes. So just wanted to plug that. Louis, it looked like you were about to say something a moment ago. Yeah, no, just another one I was coming across as I was doing a little research here in my notes. Um, Robocop had really? a director's cut version that was a Criterion release, I think it was. Yeah. Also, I think most DVD versions had it. The difference is only about 30 seconds. I remember that there was a director's cut, but I don't remember. Yes. Well, there was a theatrical version release that was cut for content um, because it was too violent for an R rating. Um, mm. I guess the MPA gave it a, an X rating at the time, I guess, which would have been NG-17 yeah, now. Killed um, it. But they cut like 30, 30 seconds out of the movie to make it less violent um, mm. and made it the R rating. So there is a director's cut version out there. There's most of the versions on DVD, I guess, at this point. Um, that have the extra footage put back in. I wonder, like how bad wow. it could, you, you don't have to have to cut violence from your movie to get it down to an R. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen both versions. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think there was the, you know, the sequence where Ed 209 shoots up the guy in the uh, boardroom. Yeah. I, I guess the original version was a lot bloodier. <laughs> oh, hmm. um, okay. <laughs> where he was like hammer at the end type thing. But um, a couple of things like that, that, you know, all the cuts were, says the, the theatrical version was 92 minutes and 34 seconds. The director's cut version is 92 minutes and 59 seconds. So I guess that many more seconds. seconds that just turning somebody into Swiss cheese. I guess maybe there's not much guess, left yeah. at the end. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I may have to go back so and honestly, check that out. I was watching, I was watching Rambo before I came in here to, to talk to you guys. And I was thinking to myself, man, this was violent for that time. Hey, that was a thing back you know? then. Yeah. Uh, I want to say there was another movie like that where it was cut in very, very, like, seconds or minutes only, but yeah. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. Kubrick film. Wasn't there a director's cut of that? Because there were a lot of scenes that... Well, there was a European cut, too. There, right. So... Yeah. yeah, I guess international cuts is its own kind of type of which is which is what you get with the the professional yeah well and also blade right. runner had a mm-hmm. had one that where they took some of the violence out for the american version so now carrie in the chat room is pointing out that uh, the ben affleck daredevil movie had a director's yes. cut i don't remember whether oh, yeah. i saw the director's cut or not but i've heard from several people that yes. uh, that the director's cut was better and yeah there's the international cut of legend as well I don't think I saw yeah. that. I saw the American version of Legend was not all that thrilled. But yeah. Whatever. And the stuff I read about the Daredevil, the Daredevil cut is is the director's cut just I mean, they didn't like the movie to begin with. Yeah. But the director's cut made it a, a way better movie. I've seen it, but I don't remember which one I saw. I think I probably have seen the director's cut at some point. I don't know. Someday I'll go back and watch that and then probably cringe and then binge watch the Netflix series. I still have to finish season three of that. I keep forgetting that I never finished season three of that. 
And I think season two Daredevil? of The Punisher, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I need to go back and do that. Well, I'm not caught up. Um, wow, there was something else I was going to point out. So back to the Snyder Cut. Um, now, Robin, I know you haven't seen the other films in the uh, the DC universe, at least I don't think. And I hope I'm not spoiling too much of Justice League at this point. It's been out for long enough. I think it's probably fair game. But so we had Man of Steel, which was the origin movie for uh, Superman, which I thought wasn't that bad. I thought it made Superman a more interesting character with more levels and a little bit less boy scoutish and a little less um invulnerable if you have a character with no weaknesses he doesn't face any true challenges and there's just no reason to watch the character so i think man of steel did a pretty good job of that then after that we had batman versus superman which um oh and there's a director's cut for that too which was much better, much, much better. And uh, so that started to set up a little bit more of where they were going with this universe. So in that movie, um, I'm explaining most of this for Robin's benefit, but in that movie, there is a, a vision that Bruce Wayne has of the future. Flash is trying to come back through time and, and warn him about what's going to happen. And then in Justice League... Uh, none of that really gets touched on very much. But in the Snyder Cut that's going to be coming out next year, we get to see where Snyder was originally going to take that sort of thing. And we get Darkseid, who mm -hmm. is basically DC's version of Thanos. In fact, mm -hmm. created mm -hmm. by Jim Starlin, the same guy who created Thanos for Marvel, created Darkseid for DC. Um, very similar sort of thing. And... Uh, we get this kind of big destructive apocalypse situation, almost like uh, an infinity war from the MCU and um, things completely fall apart. And you get this sequence where flash is trying to go back in time, I think to warn cyborg to do something differently. And so the, the things that were foreshadowed in Batman versus Superman come to fruition in justice league and the Snyder's cut, and there's all of these different elements completely left out of the theatrical film. Now Snyder mm. departed justice league partway through, I think halfway through, um, he cited, uh, some personal issues It didn't, wasn't it like his daughter committed suicide or something? I think something, something like, like family tragedy. Yeah. Really, really serious like that. And, uh, they brought Joss Whedon in to finish up mm. the movie. um, so can it really be a director's cut then? Well, he still has director's credits, I think. Uh, on the film. Mm -hmm. He and Joss mm -hmm. Whedon both, I think. I don't know. Carrie's in the chat room. She might be able to, uh, to correct me. Yeah, cool. yeah, I know. Dark Side didn't need a glove and infinity stones, Carrie. Uh, we get it. <laughs> He's awesome. I love Carrie. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think, and, and even if not, I mean, I'm okay with Snyder getting directors, at least being considered the director for the movie. I mean, he he steered the direction all the films were going in. He kind of had a lot of hand in, in creating all of that, like 
I don't know. But here you but here you've got now another interpretation, right? So it's not it's not one director seeing things all the way through and then the studio or someone else saying, you know, no, no, no. Um, so it's it's sounding to me without ever seeing it. So mm-hmm. I should probably let Carrie talk. Um it that you've got someone else's um mind in there as well. Yeah, right. I got the impression as it was going on that Joss Whedon I mean, Joss Whedon is very much about doing his own thing with his own stuff, but I got the impression mm-hmm. that he never really tried to how do you put it like take ownership of the creative gotcha. side of this. He always kind of came across in interviews and stuff as if, yep, no, this is a job. This is right. just a job. I was hired to come in and, and like finish this thing up for them. It's, it's their thing. And I'm just kind of, you know, Hey, right. yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up for you. Gotcha. I mean, Zack Snyder's got the only director's credit listed on IMDb. Okay, yeah, and that's what Carrie's saying here, too. Snyder is listed as the director, and Joss has a writing credit. And I think the writing credit was mandatory because they had to, well, they didn't have to, but the studio wanted a lot of those other things taken out, and so someone had to write those Mm. things out of the movie and basically change the ending. So whoever does that, you have to give a writer's credit to by Mm. guild rules. Right. So... All right. But I don't know. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of controversy wrapped up in that. Um, and, and, you know, the more I look at it, I guess the, the way in which I was against it early on, I think was more about the precedent being set about fans whining until they get their own way. And Agreed. now that it's happened and I'm looking at it and really have to ponder it, I guess I don't have that much of an issue with it. If we're, if we're actually going to get, Snyder come in and do the cut, not like the studio saying, Oh, well, this is all Snyder stuff and we'll put together what we think he wanted. Like if he's coming in to finish it and there really is a radically different story. I don't know. Maybe it's okay. Robin, does it bother you at all to, to have a situation like that? Like I know you haven't seen any of the content, but given those circumstances surrounding all of that is as, as I guess the most impartial person that we could have. Honestly, I, I am not a super fan unless of course it's Kenneth Branagh. So, um, I, (laughs) um, so I don't tend to approach a lot of this stuff the way, um, you know, a super fan does i i walk into a movie i decide if i like it you know and and i sort of move from there um i think however that if a director's cut or a director's version um is way better and in some cases it is than what we got in the theaters then you know i want it yeah you know cuz i'm i'm very much a director's um, if, if I'm a fangirl of any part of the movie business, I'm a fangirl of directors and probably costume, uh, costume designers. So, um, so yeah, so I, I have a very visceral, 
um, approach to films. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's sort of like you, you don't buy fabric online, you know, you got to go and you got to touch it. You have to feel it. You have to experience it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And Lou, uh, any thoughts from you on this? Um, I I think my thoughts are kind of same as yours, Eric. I was uh, originally against it because I didn't like the fact that, you know, fans kind of pressured them into doing this, but if it's what he wants to do, I mean, I'm, I'm in favor of that. I, you know, I think that it's his movie. He has the desire to do it and he's gonna, he's found someone to pay for the, um, changes. So yeah, let him go. Yeah. The 30 to 40 million they're, uh, expecting. I've heard some reports now that, uh, it may be even more than that. <laughs> so. But Hey, I mean, we got it's that in our back pocket, right? Lou? It's going to be yeah, exactly. a big uh, boon for the HBO Max network, though. So, yeah, I mean, it's already yeah, I mean, been a, a big factor in their advertising and stuff. So, mm-hmm. a good thing. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, the discussion on. Um, I'm really looking forward to next week's discussion, especially yeah. since now I've watched both versions and I'm, I'm, yeah, I got to watch I'm, both versions again. So I've seen the original version multiple times. I've seen the director's yeah. cut once. So when I rewatch, I think I'm going to rewatch the director's cut. Cause I think as I'm watching, I'll, I will be able to remember, Oh yeah, this is one of the scenes they added. I, I think I'll be able to differentiate. Actually, I'm going to do the opposite. Um, yeah. before we record, I, since I just saw the director's cut, I'm going to watch the theatrical which i have seen i've right. seen the theatrical version i i actually looked up the director's cut specifically for next week so okay all right sounds good well uh, we'll do leon slash the professional for next week and then we will do donnie darko in brazil i guess we'll have a few movies coming up where we've had uh, theatrical cuts versus director's cuts cool perfect all right well that's going to do it for this episode of movie chatter If you are getting this as an audio podcast through randomchatter.com, which is a great place to get audio podcasts, by the way, don't forget, you can start watching us on YouTube now. We've got Random Chatter, Movie Chatter, Echo Base, and once it returns, Trailer Breakdown are all going to be on our YouTube channel. So if you go to randomchatter.com slash YouTube, that's probably the easiest way to get to it. Please consider subscribing to the channel and liking the videos when you watch them. It would be a big help to us. It would help kind of get the word out about the channel and uh, we would really appreciate your support. Uh, also, you can come join us in Discord, randomchatter.com slash Discord. It's a great place to uh, just hang out and talk about all kinds of different stuff, movie-related, television-related, etc. And we have a Movie Chatter channel right there in the Discord server. So, uh we hope to see you there. We stream every Sunday night and typically Tuesday nights. Sunday nights, Random Chatter and Echo Base, and Tuesday night is typically uh, Movie Chatter. Now, this weekend, for those of you who do tune into our streams, we're doing something a little bit different. I think we're going to do Saturday morning instead because we're not available Sunday night for the video version. So, um, but that's just kind of a one-off thing. Normally, Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Uh, 8.30 on Tuesdays. And uh, that's it. So thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you again in a week. Adios. 